The Work in Sports podcast is brought to you by Empowered. This is the most important election of our time. And let's be honest, voting during a pandemic is a little confusing right now. There's a lot of misinformation out there aimed toward making you believe your vote doesn't matter. Well, guess what? Your vote does matter. Voting is the most important responsibility of citizens, and you should not give up that power or that right. Get engaged, informed, and ready to vote, all with one app called Empowered. E-M-P-O-W-R-D. You know who is engaged, informed, and ready to vote? A lot of stars of the sports world. Trey Flowers from the Detroit Lions, the Houston Texans, Whitney Merciless and Justin Reed, Portland Trailblazers, Afrini Simmons. All these top athletes are out there supporting this great app that will make it easier for you to get all the information you need to vote. Download the app today in the Apple Store, in the Google Play Store, or at empowered.com, E-M-P-O-W-R-D. All right, let's start the countdown. Hey everybody, I'm Brian Clapp, VP of Content and Engaged Learning at WorkInSports.com, and this is the Work in Sports Podcast. Before we get into the stat line, last week we published part one of our part four-part series titled Moving Forward. And I just want to say, say thank you for all the really positive responses we've received so far. Equality is an important subject. Sports should be the ultimate meritocracy, both on the field and in the offices. The best should rise, no matter what they look like, no matter what their gender. But that isn't always the case. We need to fix that. And so often that starts with conversations where our eyes are opened. I'd like to consider myself a pretty empathetic person. I put myself in the shoes of others pretty often. But to hear someone else's experience in their own words is so powerful, and it was moving to me. When Gerald Taylor explained in episode one just how much it meant for him as a young black man to have Jason Wright named team president of the Washington football team because it helped him see that it's possible, you could feel it. When Jalen Mitchell, a 19-year-old Howard student, 19 years old, explained that not everyone has to be on the front lines in the fight for social justice, but everyone does have a role. The maturity and vision and passion of this 19-year-old man gave me chills. It makes a difference to hear the conversation, to hear it in their voices, so I would implore you to go back and listen. I'll admit, I put a lot of effort into this series and want to see it be successful. But I had a, a bit of an epiphany last week, thanks to some friends. You know who you are. Uh, and I, what I came to the conclusion of is I really don't care how many downloads that we, that we have. You know, every week when I publish a show, I look for download numbers. How did it do? How, why did this one do well? I try to learn from it. And this time, I've totally detached myself from that because I know that the people who do listen will be impacted. And even just one set of ears that are opened and maybe the conversation shifts their perspective a bit and opens themselves up to their role in progress. That, that right there, that's the marker of success. It's not about cumulative numbers. It's not about trend lines. It's not about anything else. It's about changing one perspective or 20 or whatever. Every little bit helps. So 
Thank you for being a part of it and for listening to it. And hopefully you will be as impacted as I have been. Part two comes up this week with Destiny Jones and Alex Rodriguez. Alex is an account executive with the El Paso Chihuahuas. Destiny is a recent graduate of OSU, uh, the Ohio State University, wants to get into sports philanthropy. We talk a lot about allyship, which is a really interesting subject for a lot of us to understand and embrace. Um, Great conversation. Okay. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, let's get to the stat line. Okay. We're going to jam through the numbers pretty quick because I have a very important message to get across, not preachy at all. It's literally like a sports career kind of message. So stick with me, uh, on workinsports.com, the number one job board for the sports industry. There are currently 16,493 active jobs. That's up about 1% from last week. So basically flat, pretty much exactly the same, but steady and good. 16,500 ish jobs is pretty good. We added 1,889 fresh new active jobs this past week, which is an average of 270 new jobs a day. That's awesome. Lots of reasons to come back to the site daily and see what's up. Okay, so those are the two big data points. Now, I have a quick explainer to get to. For the last few months, I've been telling you all about media and creative. I've been speaking in college classrooms across the country and on this here podcast, and I get asked all the time, Where are the jobs in the sports industry right now? Where is the job growth? What's happening? What's current? What's going on? And my answer has been pretty consistent over the last nine to 10 months. The answer in the data, like from our data, from our job postings has been the most popular areas are media creative, tech data, and retail lifestyle. Those are the categories we've seen the most growth in. Normally, it's a sales-oriented world, revenue generation. Those numbers have dropped off a lot, those job opportunities. These other areas have come up. I've explained why in the past, media creative, there's a huge appetite for content, um, the tech data, esports, analytics, all those areas are really bumping. And retail lifestyle, a lot of the e-commerce, Puma, Under Armour, Nike, you know, all those different companies are doing really well in selling their products. So... You might be hearing me say all this and talking about media creative and how it's all doing really well. And then you see headlines saying ESPN is on the verge of laying off hundreds of employees. And you hear that and you say, maybe Brian doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, both things can be true. Wait, let me restate that. I don't mean that I don't know what I'm talking about and ESPN is doing layoffs. Those are not the two things I'm talking about. I mean, ESPN can be laying people off and media creative can still be thriving. Let me explain. Two points on ESPN because they are different than a lot of other organizations and they may not be the best one to look at for a trend analysis or for a category analysis. Okay. ESPN is owned by Disney. ESPN itself as a business line item, actually performed quite well in their fiscal third quarter. But Disney, the parent company, bombed. Nobody's going to Disneyland or Disney World. They're all pushing back their movies. Revenue at Disney is down. This affects the entire business model and can result in cost cutting across organizations. So, The cuts at ESPN aren't necessarily an indictment of the sports media. It's about the larger organization of Disney. Okay. 
It's the larger impact of these massive conglomerates. When you see a large company that's owned by a parent company, so if you see some radio station that's owned by Entercom or something like that, and they make cuts, you have to look a little bit deeper and say, is this indicative of the sports category and the media creative or the sports radio or the whatever it is, or is it about the larger business? Okay. Point number two about ESPN. These really large media organizations that I've worked for in the past, and even just large organizations like Nike or you know some of these other really large organizations, they tend to have a machine-like mentality. And what I mean by that is people don't really multitask. They don't have a variance of roles. They have very specific roles. You do this exact thing. Now, this can create a bit of a bloated staff, but in good times, it works very effectively and efficiently. So when things are humming and everybody knows exactly what they're supposed to do, it works like a machine. It all functions really well. When things start to stall, the economy and other problem based on coronavirus and our current status, and your parent company is losing money, the accountants come in and they start to look at places to trim. They see high salaried announcers and some redundant staffing, and they say, you know, you think we can combine some people here where they can start doing multiple things and having some versatility? Think you can get your best people to multitask a bit and do some multiple roles instead of being so overstaffed? And that's what leads to cuts in staffing at a huge org like ESPN. They're probably overstaffed when times are going really well. And then when times start to slip off, they cut. They start to cut back some. Now, this is painful because I have a lot of friends that work at ESPN. But this is something you need to look at as an organization, as a, as a sense for when we talk about media creative, what we talk about, it, what I'm talking about is that there's a demand across all organizations to bring content in-house. And they realize that it is very powerful to create and develop your own content. But the, you might also see somebody who's a leader in the segment say, Yes, but we have other influences that are affecting our business, and so we need to pull back some, okay? Some other orgs don't have the same pressure as ESPN. They aren't feeling the pressure of Disney theme parks attendance numbers. Instead, what they are seeing is that there is a huge appetite for digital, social, and broadcast creative content. So that's what I mean by both things can happen. ESPN can be laying people off, and media creative can be a growing section of the sports industry. So while ESPN may be cutting back, teams, leagues, organizations, and other sports-adjacent companies are pushing content and pushing media growth because the opportunities are there. Both things can be true, okay? So with that in mind, which brings us to my three favorite jobs of the week. Job number one, we're going with a media creative theme here. Sports digital on-air social talent for soccer at CBS. Experience as a content creator and on-air talent with a keen understanding of digital platforms. This is a prime example. CBS gets a contract with the Champions League. They're doing a lot more broadcasts. They are looking to expand upon that. They want a specific sports digital on-air social talent for soccer. So think about that. It's not even like we need an anchor and an analyst and we need somebody behind the set and blah, blah, blah for broadcast. This is like we want on-air talent just for digital, right? Focused on soccer. And this is one of their new broadcast deals that they've purchased. They've purchased the rights to broadcasting the, the Champions League. And so this is like they're, they're growing it out. Okay. Job number two. Live production coordinator for Temple University. There are tons of content jobs in co college athletics in addition to pro sports. 
The live video production coordinator will be inter- integral. I like to say integral. I don't know why to the operation of Temple Athletics production facilities, as well as the production of all ESPN Plus broadcasts. Further duties include, but are not limited to, directing, technical directing, and operation of replay and graphics machines during live productions. This is all stuff that I'm pretty familiar with, and I get geeked up about live production. Um, But college, every college, especially D1 schools, has some sort of uh, production, video production. Even the smaller schools do a lot of streaming, do a lot of ways of trying to connect with their target audience. So there's a lot of media and and content jobs on the university side as well. And the third job. Okay, we're taking media creative to a whole different level here. This is in esports now. Digital producer for Team Liquid. Do you have a passion for the art of storytelling, esports and gaming? Okay, this is a whole nother side of things. Are you innovative and versatile when conceptualizing, creating, and ex- executing content? So now think about this. You've got esports thrown into this whole mix of media and content, right? Because Team Liquid, one specific team in the esports ecosystem, and I'm not even that familiar with esports really, but I look at these jobs and I'm like, this is a whole nother creative outlet for people that are connected to sports and gaming and can get into. And this is a great starting point. So we got jobs in media creative that are in esports, college sports, pro sports, massive broadcast networks. They're all out there. Those are growing areas. So that's my point in today's stat line. Let's get to a question, shall we? This question comes in from Jaina in California. Jaina asks, hi, Brian. I am a 25-year-old college graduate who wants to get into the sports industry. Let me back up a second. I graduated college with a degree in accounting, and for the last four years, I've been quite successful as an accountant. I just don't like it. That's a problem for me. I'm not the type to just keep doing what I'm doing. I want to thrive. I've always had a passion for sports, and I just think I could be a happier person in that industry. So what do I do here? Thank you for your guidance. You are the man. I love your podcast, and there is no one I'd rather get advice from than you. Okay, so if you are wondering right now, did I select this topic because of the last sentence Jaina shared? Well, you aren't wrong. But it is also a hugely important topic. We get a lot of people writing in about career changing, which makes sense. It's not all that easy for you to decide who you want to be for the rest of your life when you're 17 or 18 years old in college trying to declare a major, right? Plus, when you are making this decision, you are often trying to please mom and dad. Saying you're going to major in sports management may not elicit the greatest responses from your folks because they might not realize how serious and profitable this industry is. They may be just thinking you are planning to goof off on their dime. So instead, you choose to be an accounting major because it sounds serious. Your parents are happy, but you're not. Maybe you like numbers, you have some interest in finance, but this existence isn't really you. So you do this for a couple years. You sit in a cubicle, you master Excel spreadsheets, you run profit and loss statements all day, calculate taxes. And after a few years, you are on your own, surviving, you're doing fine, but you're no longer dependent on the parents. And you think to yourself, what the hell am I doing? Is this really me? Is this what I want to be doing for the rest of my career? And without the burden of parental judgment, you think now is the time to change and you reach out to me. So this scenario really isn't that far-fetched. It plays out daily. I know from tons of friends I've had in the industry or tons of friends that I've known just through life that there is this pressure when you're in college to do something that sounds serious. What 
you wish you could do is do both. Sounds serious and you enjoy it, but that doesn't always happen. So you end up going in this career, you end up talking, taking a walk down this career path and you find out you don't like it and you try to switch, right? That's where we are now. So let's get into the idea of career transformation. If you have gone down a path you don't love, now is the time to recalibrate. And it's all about transferable skills. You need to focus on mapping your current experience and learn skills to the demands of the sports industry. Now, Jaina, I'm not going to speak specifically about accounting. I'll make some references in there, but I'm going to talk in a broader sense so it applies to everyone. But you will be able to calibrate yourself based on this information. Your goal is simple. Demonstrate that your career experience to date, the things you have accomplished, directly connect to your value that you would bring to the sports industry and any organization. What I would do is begin by writing down all of your acquired skills from school and from your job. Broad skills like finance, budgeting, accounting, human resources, analysis, planning an organization, sales, marketing, digital content creation. Then also get into very specific skills. Write down Microsoft Dynamics, Photoshop, HubSpot, Python, Final Cut Pro, things, specific skills and traits that you can execute on, programs, software, whatever. Okay? Write all these skills down in a spreadsheet. Now, don't edit at this point. Put it all out there. This is more like a brainstorming session. Make sure you know yourself and you can give yourself kind of a, a persona. Write it all down. We may condense skills later on and combine some stuff, but this is all brainstorming on you right now and what you bring to the table. This is essentially, as you look at it, this is your value statement. Now, take off the lens of where you're currently working. These are just the things you can do to improve a business. And here's the big reminder. Sports is a big business. That's it. Sports is a big business. Okay. Now, maybe through this exercise, you realize I really do love accounting. I just don't like it for, I, w- I want to do it for a sports focused business. Or maybe you realize, you know, my favorite part of my job is in analysis. So maybe I should look into business analyst jobs. You're trying to create your value story to an organization and learn what skills you currently have that translate to the sports industry. That's how you get hired. Okay, so now you have collaborated all your skills um, and dumped them into a spreadsheet. I suggest you now put a score next to each one of how much you actually like doing that thing. Just because you can do it doesn't mean you enjoy it. And I'm all for enjoying your work life, especially if you're transferring to a new role. Like, why would you be upset in a role and then transfer to another role that doesn't really kind of do it for you just because it has a sports wrapper on it? Um, You don't want to jump careers only to be doing something you still don't like. So... Once you've isolated those skills you really love, start doing some searches on our job board for those specific skills. This may not help you find the job for you, but it will help clarify where you may fit. Search, search for a term like dynamics, as, he, as in like Microsoft Dynamics, or Python, or Photoshop, or budgeting. Search for the things you really love and things you can definitely do well. And you'll start to see these opportunities that will fill up your search results. And you can start to look through these jobs and say, oh, that sounds like fun. Oh, that sounds interesting. And look, I have the skills that map to this job. Again, we're gathering information. You now have a persona on yourself and what you are good at. You know what you love. And you're starting to map to where those jobs that fit you and your passions exist. You are creating target roles and target companies because you've started to see where you fit, right? You are also determining which of your skills are most transferable to the sports industry. So now 
The next phase of this is how to show off these skills, yourself and these skills. Transferable skills are your ticket to proving that you are the right candidate for the role. Okay, so number one, update your LinkedIn profile to highlight these skills that you have identified as most transferable and most enjoyable. Now, the skills section actually in your LinkedIn profile is really important. Highlight your most transferable skills here because on LinkedIn, that field is keyword searchable for recruiters and hiring managers. When they're searching for a certain mix of people, the skills section is actually something that will uh, is part of the algorithm to help those results be as targeted as possible. So make sure you update that part. Also focus on your about section. So you start to treat that almost a little bit like your cover letter to explain like why you're a match for these things and what, what skills you bring to the, uh, the potential organization. Okay. Number two, update your cover letter and tell me a story of what you have done, where you've been and why it is important to make the jump to sports. Tell me about you, your passion and why sports matters. Tell me about being an accountant, but not having that passion or fire for your industry. This is where you need to be and where you are meant to be. Like, give me that passion story. Like, so make connect the dots for me. I see that your experience on your resume is as an accountant. Well, why are you applying for this job then? Tell me your story. Give me some insight into you and your cover letter. Use that emotional tug in there so that I can start to see like, oh, you're somebody that has a passion for sports. You are in finance currently, but where you want to be is in sports finance or whatever it is like and why you want to be there and how your skills match up and why you bring such enthusiasm to the table. Like, give me your story. Okay. Number three, rework your resume to highlight the skills that are most applicable to each job you are applying for. Make sure the transferable skills are highlighted within your past experience and align with the jobs you are applying for. Applicant tracking systems are looking for exact skills, right? So if I am uh, hiring for a job and I list out these skills that I want to have, applicant tracking systems will bring back those employees or those potential hires that have those skills. If you highlight the skills because they fit the role and you have them, it doesn't matter that much if your experience was with John Deere or the Indianapolis Colts. You have the skills for the role and that's important. So make sure you're highlighting those things. Number four, apply only for jobs that match your skill set. You've spent all this time identifying which skills are transferable to the sports industry that you currently have. And then if you start applying for jobs where those things don't line up, you don't stand out. Jobs that match your transferable skills are the key. If you have a background in accounting and start applying for content jobs in the sports media, you will not be noticed and you'll get frustrated and you'll think this is impossible. The transition to a new industry takes steps. If your ultimate goal is to work in content creation, something you have no real experience in, first focus on jobs in sports that fit your skill set. You're transferring industries, you gotta start where you have experience and skills. Once you get in, you can start to network and learn and volunteer in other departments and start to maybe change your career path a little bit. But first, you have to get in. So stay in your lane for a bit. Okay, Stay where your experience is, leverage those, those transferable skills, and get in there. Okay, The final point I want to make, you need to frame your mind in a confident manner. If you go into this idea of transferring industries and career changing, thinking, ah, they'll never want me, uh, I got this experience over here, they're not going to hire me, they're going to hire somebody that has different experience and blah, 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 you're already defeated if you think about it that way. Here's what you need to remember. Most organizations love to hire people from the outside. Here's why. When I was in charge of hiring, and I know this from interviewing hundreds of people on this podcast, uh, when I was in charge of hiring at Fox Sports Northwest and other places, I would 
look at, um, I wanted to promote from within 50% of the time. And then I wanted to hire from the outside 50% of the time. And what I mean by that is when you have hire from within, promote from within, you send a message to your entire staff, like, Hey, if you work hard and you do everything right, you're going to be promoted here. You're like, you're going to have career opportunities here. That's a really important message to send out. The other half of the time, though, I'd be hiring from the outside. Now, that could still be within the industry, but I'm hiring to an outside business. And whether that's at, you know, I'm, I'm recruiting somebody from ESPN to come work for my network, or I'm recruiting somebody that worked in content for, I don't know, uh, some finance company. It doesn't matter, okay? What I'm looking for is they're bringing their outside knowledge to my organization. They're bringing their outside business sense and things they've learned from a different industry or from a different organization, and they're bringing them to my organization, and that can really strengthen us. So if you go into this process thinking, I add value because of my past experience, not in spite of it, you will go into this in a stronger, more confident position. Realize that there are a lot of sports employers that love to hire people from outside businesses because they bring in that outside knowledge and other best practices and other ways of doing things that can be really effective in the long run. So don't go into this process defeated. Realize that it is 100% possible to transfer into the sports industry as long as you figure out where those transferable skills are, that where your skills match up with the opportunities that are in the industry and start working those angles. Jaina, that should do it for today. We covered a lot there, I feel like. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure to tune into part two of Moving Forward on Wednesday. I'm very proud of this episode, just like I am of every other episode, but I think you guys will really like it. Rate and review the podcast wherever you listen. That helps us a ton. And continue to be awesome. All of you are awesome. And I know that because I know a lot of you and that you are really impressive, incredible people. Wear a mask, plan to vote. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. 